Voice in the Wilderness, Internet Radio. Enlightening the world every week. It's not just knowing about the doctrine in the Bible. That is not what we stand for here. Streaming powerful, biblically-based messages live and This congregation may never be gathered together again as we see it. Voice in the Wilderness, Internet Radio. Enlightening the world every week. Good evening. Welcome to Voice in the Wilderness Internet Radio. We are streaming live on the internet from London. This show is dedicated to God through our Lord Jesus Christ. On tonight's program, we will have our final part on the subject, the spirit of prophecy. We will be studying what the Bible teaches upon this topic. More about our subject after we have had some music. Spirit of Prophecy Can we rely upon the Spirit of Prophecy today? We will discuss this matter tonight with answers from the Bible. Have a pen and paper ready to write down some notes. Tonight we will be discussing these questions together. Why did Jesus give to his church the gift of prophecy? How long was this gift to remain in God's church? What instructions have been given to God's church by this gift? Are Ellen White's writings still relevant for us today? 
and what warning is given to all who reject the spirit of prophecy. And so before we start our subject this evening, let us have a word of prayer, listeners. Heavenly Father, thank you for voicing the wilderness internet radio, streaming live on the internet from London. I pray, Lord, that as we study your word, for your Holy Spirit to be of us, to teach us, and to help us to understand your words of truth and the way of salvation through Jesus Christ our Lord is our prayer. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, why did Jesus give to his church the gift of prophecy? We read in the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, and verses 11 to 16, And he gave some apostles, and some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men, and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive, but speaking the truth in love, may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together, and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Listeners, let us break down what Jesus has taught us in his word. Ephesians chapter 4 and verses 11 to 12 explain that Jesus gave some prophets to the church for the work of the ministry and for the edifying of the body of Christ. The work of the ministry is the service of God, and the edifying of the body of Christ is that which will build up God's church. And so we see that the gift of prophecy was given to the Christian church for the service of God and to build it up. Verse 13 of Ephesians chapter 4 explains the ultimate purpose of the gift of prophecy, to bring all in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. This shows that the true Christian faith brings all believers into unity, togetherness, brotherhood. But ultimately, we see where all Christian teaching leads to, a knowledge of the Son of God. We read in the book of 1 John chapter 5 and verse 5, Who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus was God manifest in the flesh. He took upon himself man's nature in its fallen condition, but did not sin. He came to give us the power to overcome evil. And so, we must reiterate, the spirit of prophecy is given to the Christian church to make it to understand that Jesus is the Son of God. This is also made clear in the book of John. We read in the book of John chapter 5 and verse 39, Search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. 
and they are they which testify of me. Jesus himself has made it clear to us that the scriptures testify of him. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 13 carries on to explain that the gift of prophecy is given till we come unto a perfect man unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Christians are not only to come into a knowledge of the Son of God intellectually, but also spiritually as well. They are to reflect his character of love, his righteousness, perfectly. We read in the book of 1 John chapter 4 and verse 18, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We also read in the book of Matthew chapter 5 and verse 38, 48, sorry, Matthew chapter 5 and verse 48. Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. Jesus taught us to be perfect even as our Father in heaven is perfect. As he came to live on this earth to show us what perfect love is, the love that flows from the Father's heart, the heart of God, so we are to live on this earth as he lived and to reveal his love perfectly within our own social sphere. But how are we to do this? In order to understand how, we are to look at the last part of Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 13. We read in the book of Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 13, Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Listeners, we are to come to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Now what does the Bible teach is the fullness of Christ? We read in the book of Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 19, And to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. The fullness of God is the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge. Glorious truth, listeners. Marvellous truth. Wonderful. You see, dear listeners, all that the God of heaven wants to do is to fill us with his love. When? Oh, when are we going to understand this? And how does the God of heaven desire to fill us with his love? We read in the book of Romans chapter 5 and verse 5, And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. It is through the third person of the Godhead, the Holy Ghost, that we receive the love of God, the fullness of God, his perfect love that passes knowledge. We read in the book of Acts chapter 5 and verse 32, And we are his witnesses of these things, and so is also the Holy Ghost, whom God have given to them that obey him. The Holy Ghost is only given to those who obey God. God offers his love to all, but we have to be willing to be obedient to his word in order to fully receive his love in our hearts personally. Thus, we see that receiving God's love in the heart is conditional. It is a matter of personal choice. 
And so listeners, Jesus has given us the gift of prophecy in his church so that we can learn about him and receive and be filled with the fullness of his love. The spirit of prophecy was given to us for no other reason. Now I ask you listeners, especially those who claim to know the spirit of prophecy better than anyone else, do you fully reflect Jesus' love? Are you filled with the fullness of his love and power? Now how long was this gift to remain in God's church? We read in the book of Ephesians chapter 4 and verses 13 to 16, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be, be no more children, tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men, and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive, but speaking the truth in love, may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together, and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. The gift of prophecy will remain in God's church until God has a church that is filled with believers that fully reflect Christ's love. When he has a church where every member receives Christ's love, his fullness, so that they can share Christ's love to others and thus make the whole church increase in Christ's love, then the gift of prophecy will no longer be needed. This is also made clear in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We read in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verses 8 to 10, Charity, which is God's love, never faileth, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. Here the Bible makes it plain that charity, the love that comes from God, never fails. It is eternal. But we see that there will come a time when prophecy shall fail, as they only give us a partial knowledge of God's love. When the time comes when we come to a perfect knowledge of the Son of God, by knowing Him fully in all areas of our lives, through the power of the Holy Ghost, then we will have graduated from a less perfect knowledge of God's love to a perfect one. It must be clearly understood, listeners, that to be perfect does not mean to be infinitely perfect as God is, but to fully obey and to fully reveal the love that God imparts to you at any particular time. That is what makes a person perfect in the sight of God, when they do not sin in any way towards God and man. The Bible, being the complete book that it is, explains this to us. We read in the book of 1 John chapter 4 and verse 17, Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. We are perfect, or reflect perfect love, when we are as Jesus in this world. 
It is when we live exactly as Jesus lived, when we live a totally sinless life. When God has a church that is made up of believers that have gained victory over sin and who fully reflect the character of the Son of God, then the gift of prophecy, which was given to help believers to know the Son of God and to guide them on their journey towards being filled with his love, would have fulfilled its purpose. We'll take a break for some music at this time. instructions have been given to God's church by the gifts of the spirit of prophecy we read in testimonies for the church volume 5 page 661 in ancient times God spoke to men by the mouth of prophets and apostles in these days he speaks to them by the testimonies of his spirit there was never a time when God instructed his people more earnestly than he instructs them now concerning his will and the course that he would have them pursue. Here we read plainly that it is through the testimonies of God's Spirit, the testimonies that he inspired Ellen White to write through the Holy Spirit, that we learn what God's will is and the course 
that he would have us pursue for this time. We read in Testimonies for the Church, Volume 5, pages 659 to 660. Many are dealing falsely with their own souls and are in a great deception in regard to their true condition before God. He employs ways and means to best serve his purpose and to prove what is in the hearts of his professed followers. He makes plain the wrongs of some that others may thus be warned and fear and shun those errors. By self-examination, they may find that they are doing the same things which God condemns in others. If they really desire to serve God and fear to offend him, they will not wait for their sins to be specified before they make confession and with humble repentance return unto the Lord. They will forsake the things which have displeased God according to the light given to others. If, on the contrary, those who are not right see that they are guilty of the very sins that have been reproved in others, yet continue in the same unconsecrated course because they have not been specially named, they will endanger their own souls and will be led captive by Satan at his will. Through the spirit of prophecy, as given through the writings of Ellen G. White, God makes plain the sins of his professed followers that others may be thus warned and fear and shun those errors. They are also to test us to see if we really love God and are willing to confess our sins and with humble repentance return unto our Lord. We read in Testimonies for the Church, Volume 3, page 62, The great subject of reform is to be agitated and the public mind is to be stirred. Temperance in all things is to be connected with the message. To turn the people of God from their idolatry, their gluttony, and their extravagance in dress and other things. God's people are called to be reformers. Connected with the giving of the three angels' messages, the people of God, notice listeners, not the people of the world primarily, but the people of God, are called to be temperate and to be turned from their idolatry, gluttony, and the extravagance in dress and other things. Thus the church has been given instructions to reform in what they worship, what they eat, what they wear, and to reform in every other thing as God has outlined. Again, listeners, it must be reiterated, as we shared before in previous radio shows, that the Free Angels' messages are primarily directed at the professed Christian church, not to the world directly, but to God's church that needs to be called to repentance to be ready to stand in the judgment before Jesus comes the second time. We read in Testimonies for the Church, Volume 1, page 457, those who feel called out to, to join the movement in favour of women's rights and the so-called dress reform might as well sever all connection with the third angel's message. The spirit which attends the one cannot be in harmony with the other. The scriptures are plain upon the relations and rights of men and women. God has given clear instructions to his people not to join the feminist movement and its manner of dress where women dressed like men. This movement is of a satanic origin. We are instructed that God has made it plain in his word the relations and rights of men and women. 
Now, are Ellen White's writings still relevant for us today? Let us now practically answer this question. On the last point about feminism and women's rights and cross-dressing, is not the issue of gender confusion right in our society today? God warned us, through the writings of Ellen White, that confusion will be the result of this movement. Is there not confusion as the result of this feminist movement today? If anyone listening is caught up in the transgender or women's rights movement, then in his mercy, God is calling you out of it. When we live the way that God designed us to live, in obedience to his commandments, as natural men and women, in our natural roles, we find true happiness, joy and peace. We receive the fullness of God's love and power. We read in Testimonies for the Church, Volume 9, pages 207 and 210. As time advances and race prejudices increase, while men are trying to settle the question of the color line, time rolls on and souls go down into the grave unwarned and unsaved. Let this condition of things continue no longer. Let men and women go to work and let them labour as the Spirit of God shall impress their minds. We also read in Testimonies for the Church, Volume 9, page 211. The Lord calls upon all to lay down their controversies. Let men beware of doing that which would cut off our last hope of entering difficult fields where there is race prejudice and antagonism. As a means of overcoming prejudice and gaining access to minds, medical missionary work must be done, not in one or two places only, but in many places where the truth has not yet been proclaimed. We are to work as gospel medical missionaries to heal the sin-sick souls by giving them the message of salvation. This will break down prejudice as nothing else can. God warned us through the spirit of prophecy that as time advances, race prejudices will increase. Every day in newspapers, on social media, and even in some of our churches, the subject of race prejudice is being agitated by Satan. But God has made it clear that his people's work is not to settle the question of the color line, but to labor as the Spirit of God shall impress their minds. He has outlined the way that we are to work in this world, today, as a means to overcome prejudice and to gain access to minds. We are to heal sin-sick souls by giving them the message of salvation and not to get involved in any political controversy. Finally, upon this point, we read in Testimonies for the Church, Volume 9, page 223. The religion of the Bible recognizes no caste or color. It ignores rank, wealth, worldly honor. God estimates men as men. With him, character decides their worth. We read in the book, The Great Controversy Between Christ and Satan, page 583. In rejecting the truth, men reject its author. In trampling upon the law of God, they deny the authority of the lawgiver. 
it is as easy to make an idol of false doctrines and theories as to fashion an idol of wood or stone. By misrepresenting the attributes of God, Satan needs men to conceive of him in a false character. With many, a philosophical idol is enthroned in the place of Jehovah, while the living God, as he is revealed in his word, in Christ and in the works of creation, is worshipped by but few. Thousands deify nature while they deny the God of nature. Though in a different form, idolatry exists in the Christian world today, as verily as it existed among ancient Israel in the days of Elijah. The God of many professedly wise men, of philosophers, poets, politicians, journalists, the God of of polished fashionable circles, of many colleges and universities, even of some theological institutions, is little better than Baal, the sun god of Phoenicia. Listeners, listen carefully. Baal worship is the worship of the sun, the worship of nature, the worship of sex organs, the worship of the serpent, and the worship of the dead. God has warned us that Satan is seeking to draw people into error and into the heathen and philosophical religions that practice these things, rather than to worship the true and living God as revealed in his word, in Christ, and in the works of creation. This warning, through the spirit of prophecy, is surely relevant to God's church today. Now, what warning is given to all who reject the spirit of prophecy? We read in the Bible in the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 20, Despise not prophecians. God's word clearly tells us not to despise prophecians. We read in Testimonies for the Church, volume 5, page 98, If you lose confidence in the testimonies, you will drift away from Bible truth. I have been fearful that many would take a questioning, doubting position, and in my distress for your souls, I would warn you. How many will heed the warning? As you now hold the testimonies, should one be given crossing your track, correcting your errors, would you feel at perfect liberty to accept or reject any part or the whole? That which you will be least inclined to receive is the very part most needed. We also read in Testimonies for the Church, Volume 5, pages 675 to 676. Satan has ability to suggest doubts and to vise objections to the pointed testimony that God sends. And many think it a virtue, a mark of intelligence in them, to be unbelieving and to question and quibble. Those who desire to doubt will have plenty of room. God does not propose to remove all occasion for unbelief. He gives evidence which must be carefully investigated with a humble mind and a teachable spirit and all should decide from the weight of evidence. God gives sufficient evidence for the candid mind to believe, but he who turns from the weight of evidence, because there are a few things which he cannot make plain to his finite understanding, they will be left in the cold, chilling atmosphere of unbelief and questioning doubts, and will make shipwreck of faith. 
And so, we see what will happen to us if we lose confidence in the spirit of prophecy. If we turn from the weight of evidence given in these writings, because we cannot understand what God has said with our finite minds, and if we question and doubt what Christ has to say to us, then we will be left in the cold and make shipwreck of faith. To make it plain, all who reject the writings of Ellen White through unbelief will lose their souls. Why? Because by lack of faith in the inspired writings of Ellen White, in any part, they will reject the Holy Ghost who inspired these writings, and they reject Christ who sent the Holy Ghost to give his testimony through them. It shows that the individual does not really believe in God if he rejects these writings. We will have another break for some music and come back with some closing thoughts. Wonderful, merciful Savior Precious Redeemer and friend Who could have thought that a lamb could Rescue the souls of men Oh, he rescued the souls of man Counselor, Comforter, Keeper Spirit we long to embrace You offer hope when our hearts have hopelessly lost the way lost the way You are the one that we praise You are the one we adore You give the healing and grace Our hearts always hunger for Hearts always hunger infinite Father Faithfully loving your own Here in our weakness you find us Falling before your throne Oh, we're falling before your throne the one that we praise 
Listeners, tonight we have had another extensive study upon the spirit of prophecy. Let us be willing to live up to all the light that Jesus has sent to us through the spirit of prophecy. These writings explain the Bible. They do not replace it. Through the gift of prophecy given to us through Ellen White's writings, Jesus gives his testimony to us and reveals his love towards us and lets us know how he wants his remnant church to live upon this earth. Let us pray to close. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for guiding us through this study this evening. And I do pray, Lord, that we'll be willing to listen to your voice and to submit to your will, and to have faith in your promises, Lord, and that we will truly be obedient servants. Lord, I know that there may be some who still have doubts about the spirit of prophecy. I pray that they would study the evidence for themselves and to compare what's been written with the Bible And to see, Lord, that through these writings, you've explained your testimony and have made clearer what you've written in the Bible so that we can clearly understand your will for us in these last days. Lord, these writings, they're not an option, but they are compulsory because you have found no other way to make it simpler to us that which our finite minds is having difficulty in understanding. If we reject these writings, Lord, then there's no other way that you can reach us simpler. I know this for myself. My fellow laborers in the field know this who have been on the front lines for many decades. And we pray, Lord, that all who claim to be your last day people, your remnant church, even Seventh-day Adventists, that they would take heed to your words and that we all would do for the benefit of our eternal salvation. Lord, finally, 
I just pray that we'll be willing to receive the fullness of your love and power. That we'll be willing to put away all of our sins, all of our own personal ideas, and trust you, and taste and see that you are good. Lord, so that we can have confidence in you, not just now, but forevermore. And so bless us and keep us, is our prayer this evening, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Listeners, if you have any questions or if you would like more information, please send an email to inquiries at wildernesspublications.org. You can send a text message to 07944062786. If you live in the United Kingdom, please contact us with your name and address, and we will send you a tract called Spiritual Gifts. If you have the Android app of Voice in the Wilderness Internet Radio, go to the ebook section then find the title, Bible Readings for the Home. At chapter 38, you will find the subject, Spiritual Gifts. This section will give you more information about today's topic. You can also listen to and download our radio show podcasts at https colon forward slash forward slash voice dash in that's in dash z t h e dash wilderness dot podcast page dot i o if you would like to support Voice of the Wilderness Internet Radio, then please send your donations through our website at vitwradio.org. Click on the page called About Us. You can donate to us there. Well, that's it for tonight's show. Good night, listeners, and God bless. Voice in the Wilderness Internet Radio. Enlightening the world every week. It's not just knowing about the doctrine in the Bible. That is not what we stand for here. Streaming powerful biblically based messages live down the internet. This congregation may never be gathered together again as we see it. Voice in the Wilderness, Internet Radio. Enlightening the world every week.